From Bloomington, Indiana, welcome to Prescription for Healthcare on WFHB Community Radio, sponsored by Medicare for All Indiana. I'm Karen Greenstone, along with Dr. Rob Stone. Hello. Our guest, Wendell Potter, is a former healthcare executive and whistleblower who left his 20-year career in the health insurance industry after a crisis of conscience. He is the New York Times bestselling author of Deadly Spin, an insurance company insider speaks out on how corporate PR is killing healthcare and deceiving Americans. Wendell is president of Business Leaders for Healthcare Transformation and the Center for Health and Democracy. He has testified before numerous congressional and state legislative committees. Currently, Wendell is working on a new film as an associate producer, American Hospitals Healing a Broken System, and that's what we'll be talking about today. Wendell Potter, welcome back to Prescription for Healthcare, and thank you for talking with us today. Oh, thank you so much, Karen and Rob. Good to be back. American Hospitals uncovers the economic structure of an industry that is charging outrageous fees while sitting on billions of dollars in accumulated cash, while 100 million Americans suffer from medical debt. Hospitals are the driving force that makes the average cost of a family health insurance premium exceed $22,000 a year plus an additional deductible of up to $17,500. According to Hoosiers for Affordable Healthcare, hospital systems around Indiana, IU Health, Deaconess, Parkview, Ascension, St. Vincent's, Community Health Network, and Franciscan Health hold in reserves over $41 billion. And these hospitals are not-for-profit to boot. Hospitals in general have avoided the scrutiny of lawmakers and the media Though some have been in the hot seat lately, these hospital systems extract massive amounts of revenue from their communities with little accountability regarding cost and expansion. It has enabled big hospital systems to reach monopoly power in almost all American cities, while rural and inner city safety net hospitals are being shut down because they serve lower income patients on Medicare and Medicaid. In our experience, in Indiana, just south of Bloomington, Dunn Hospital in Bedford was closed by Ascension St. Vincent's, and Ascension St. Vincent's holds over $23 billion in reserves. Wendell, will you please bring us up to date on what you're doing? Thank you, Karen. We are producing a documentary that we hope will educate the public and lawmakers and employers and the media about the role of hospitals in our ever-increasing cost of healthcare in this country. We, as you spend far more on a per capita basis, including as well as totally on healthcare, but we get so little for it. And one of the reasons for the reason we spend so much is out of control health, hospital cost and hospital prices. And we are, and through this documentary, explaining how that came to be and how hospital systems have changed over the years, including, as you noted, nonprofit hospital systems. And we are working on getting things ready for the premiere of the movie in the spring. We're working not only in the States, but also on Capitol Hill in Washington to make sure that lawmakers and staff there are aware of the movie and hopefully be able to use this as a tool for educating their constituents and to help inspire legislation in Washington and the state capitals to do something about this. We spend about 31% of all that we spend on healthcare goes to hospital care, about three times as much as we spend on 
pharmaceutical drugs. And of course, drug companies have been on the hot seat for the past several years. It's time for hospitals to be on that hot seat. And we hope to crank up the heat and make sure that they stay there. Wendell, what surprised you the most while making this film? I would say what surprised me most is just the vast amount of money these hospital systems are sitting on, and especially nonprofit systems. And how much not only are they taking in and putting in their bank accounts, but how little they are doing, even though they're obligated by law to do that, and we're talking about nonprofits here, for community benefit. It's scant in many cases, not nearly what they should be doing to preserve their tax-exempt status. And so what we have here are big hospital systems that in many cases are the biggest employers in a lot of communities, but they don't pay taxes. So they are essentially robbing from the tax base, which prevents governments from spending money that otherwise could be used to help improve the health and well-being of their communities, in addition to the requirement that health systems do that. They're just not doing it. Everyone uses a hospital from time to time, so we're stuck. And not only that, with the physician practices being subsumed by the large hospital chains, we're stuck. If we don't want to participate in a certain program with the hospital, there's nowhere to go. How does this address that? It points to potential solutions, and in particular, it points to what one state, Maryland, has done over the past few years to really rein in and rationalize hospital costs and to make sure that the hospitals in that state are providing community benefit. And they've done this through waivers from the federal government in Maryland. All payers pay the same amount, whether it's Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. But more recently, and I think maybe the most important element, is something called global budgeting, in which each hospital has a budget. And that is something that has enabled Maryland to keep the doors open, the rural hospitals and safety net hospitals. Maryland has had the fewest hospital closures in the country. But in my home state of Tennessee, more than a dozen hospitals have closed, I think more than a dozen over the past few years. And I know that, as you noted, hospitals have been closed in Indiana and all over the country. You don't have to look abroad necessarily for inspiration and ideas about how to address this and what policymakers in particular should be looking at as a potential model for their own states. The hospital in Bedford done was they had OB. And so babies were delivered there. And so now with that hospital closing, there is not a hospital nearby for a large swath of southern Indiana. Yeah, it's really important for people who live in rural areas to know what's been going on, in particular rural areas and big cities. Rural areas have been really hard hit all across the country because of rural hospital closings. And it really boils down to patient mix or payer mix, because most of those hospitals have especially high percentages of people who are enrolled in Medicaid or Medicare. And the public payers, because of the inability, frankly, of health insurance companies to negotiate prices down, private insurers pay more. So that has this payer mix that we have been putting up with has been especially difficult for uh, small hospitals in rural areas and big cities. The other thing is that these big systems, when they buy smaller hospitals, they often will close them because it's a drain on their profitability. And that, of course, robs these communities of their hospitals. And it means that people who live in rural areas often have to drive long distances or be transported long distances. And that can be life-threatening, as we know. In Indiana, we're also dealing with a crisis of infant mortality and also maternal mortality. And we have frighteningly and shockingly 
high rates of infant mortality in Indiana compared to our surrounding states. And so closing this obstetric service in the town of Bedford can only make it worse in terms of providing the care that addresses issues like infant mortality. Plus, these rural hospitals are their major employers in their town. There's some of that's a source of some of the best paying jobs in these rural communities. And so when we lose the rural hospitals, it, you know, it's really awful. And these big hospital consolidations that close rural hospitals, there's no good that comes to that. That's exactly right. One of the people that I interviewed for the movie is the mayor of McKenzie, Tennessee. There were communities all over the country and the mayors could say exactly the same thing that she said and talked about how the closure of the hospital there had such an adverse economic impact on the community. So it's not just, as you noted, the inconvenience that people have to suffer as a consequence of their local hospitals closing, but the economic impact, a loss of jobs. That means not just the hospital employees, but uh, businesses that sprang up or were dependent on those workers being in those communities. They vanished, and that has been a great hardship for these communities. But as you noted, imagine being a woman who's pregnant, there are complications, and your hospital is not there anymore. And you may have to be transported who knows how far. And that can put the life of the mother and the baby at risk. And it does. And that is a contributing factor to infant mortality in this country. It's just outrageous that we, in this country, we spend so much on healthcare, but we have very high infant mortality rates. So maybe there are some things that can be done. And looking at the model of the success in Maryland, Maybe there's actually something we can do. I think there is. And I know that lawmakers in, in the states are beginning to pay attention. Maryland is being not well known. And we hope that this movie will help people understand what one state has done. And they've had bipartisan support. That's notable as well, too, in Maryland. And the lawmakers there are very proud of what they've been able to accomplish and what they've been able to do for their constituents. And I hope other lawmakers can do that. I know in California, last year, there was a commission that was appointed by the governor and the, the legislature to look at what the state there can do. And they brought in people from Maryland. The Maryland experiment, if you will, is mentioned in their report. So that could be something that Californians look at, lawmakers look at this year, and I trust in Indiana and around the country. Wendell, what is your prescription for healthcare? My prescription for healthcare is to do all that we can do to get us to a system in which everybody is covered, universal coverage and access, and not just universal coverage, but making sure that every person actually has access to good quality care. Quality care is important. Some means, some system of controlling healthcare costs more than what we have now. As I noted earlier, insurance companies are impotent when it comes to controlling hospital costs and drug costs but yet we tolerate them. We think that they are an essential part of our healthcare system. Hospitals are, medications are, doctors and nurses are, but there are some parts of our healthcare system that are just an absolute waste. And we've got to focus on how do we do that? Now, and we've talked many times, I've been an advocate for Medicare for all. That is a way of getting to what we're talking about here. You have to have a system, regardless of whether it's Medicare for all or whatever we might do, that really considers what our true objectives here are. And that's what I'm all about. Wendell Potter, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Look on the Prescription for Healthcare page on WFHB for more information on Wendell's work and American Hospitals Healing a Broken System. 
Medicare for All Indiana is currently working on showing this important new film in Bloomington in April and look for updates on the Medicare for All Indiana Bloomington Facebook page. So, Wendell, thank you so much for talking with us today. We really appreciate you taking time to talk. Always my pleasure, Karen. And Rob, thank you so much. And thanks for all you do. This is Karen Greenstone and Dr. Rob Stone for Prescription for Healthcare, sponsored by Medicare for All Indiana on WFHB Community Radio. To your good health, everyone. Stay safe and thank you for listening. We may never see this moment place and time again